Welcome to the Beauties Podcast, where we talk about everything you need to know about women's sports. From the grassroots to the pros, we got it all. Today on the show, we talk about the NCAA College Cup Soccer Finals and the upcoming NWSL Draft. Here are your hosts, Addie and Cowie. Cowie, it happened. It absolutely happened. It happened. We had a gut feeling about it. You know, FSU and BYU going into the finals for the women's uh, D1 soccer championship. And it happened. It happened. I know. And, and we broke it down. Like, how do things end up in penalty kicks? <laughs> Decide who goes to a national championship. And then it happened. They went to penalty kicks in the national championship. NCAA. <laughs> one championship game goes to penalty kicks think about how like that game like you're you finish in regulation you're like okay let's fire it up you go into the first ot the second ot like maybe at that point the players are like we got to figure it out well (laughs) and to watch that game that was the thing right so the the game essentially byu I, I would say BYU basically chased the ball the whole game. I would agree. FSU I would agree. Had, had control of the ball. The, it, it felt like the majority of it. And it was like, when is something going to happen? And we, we saw it, the, I think it was like the eight-minute mark of the, the first half, that BYU actually scores. It gets called back off on offside. And I feel like that was a real momentum killer for BYU. Yeah, 100%. And then FSU controls the ball, can't find a way to put it in the back of the net. First OT, second OT, penalty kicks. And and even to think like, okay, so it's one thing to go into the, the penalty kicks or whatever. And the goalies, which I found out through this past week, because we talked about bringing on a goalie coach, I've been contacted by numerous <laughs> goalie coaches that there is, there is nothing you can do. You just really have to commit to the ball. You have to commit to your play. Which I which I totally get, but even in this, there was a lot of times in the sh- in the penalty kicks where the goalie did commit to the right side. They did commit all the way, and it still was, yeah, I know, and, too crazy. Well, exactly, and the thing too is, I, I feel like the goalies took a completely different stance. Did you see like so? BYU's goalie was bouncing all, all over the place. She was on the line in penalty kicks, bouncing around, doing her like you talked about, like shoot over here, shoot over here. And the FSU goalie was just stoic. Yeah. She just, like, stood there and stared through your soul. Yeah. I was just going to say, stared into right? your soul. Like, and, and so I, it, it's funny because we, we watched that game. And then I don't know if you heard at one point in the broadcast, though. So this is, there's four finals that have ever gone and been decided in penalties. And it's the third year in a row. So... Four times ever, and the last three championships have been decided on penalties. 2019, Stanford wins. 2020, Santa Clara beats FSU. 2021, FSU has the revenge they were out for and beats BYU 4-3 in penalties. Wow. Wow. That's That's got to get you thinking, though. That's got to get you thinking as to, first, is this... Is this the way to go? Is it, do we always want these games to be decided by penalty kicks? Or, like, are we just training for penalty kicks? Are we bringing people on our roster that just can 
place the ball exactly where you need it to go yep. because it, it, it clearly is becoming a part of the, well, it is a part of soccer culture, but it's becoming a huge part. Penalty kicks, national champion, not natural champion. Mm-hmm. Like that's a big, that's well, a exactly. big conversation. And for, for that BYU team, you know, you, you think two nights before that. So finals were, were on a Monday. Saturday, they went into penalty kicks to get to the finals. And now how much are you in your head if you're like, so Michaela Coulihan for, for BYU in the, the Santa Clara game rings the post on her kick. And now you're going up to an, in a national championship game and you, what's in your head. Am I going to ring the post or can I do this? And she did it. She scored. Yeah. But, it, and then you think, is that advantage FSU? Because two nights before that they watched their opponent and where they kick. Yeah, uh, the, soccer still hurts my that, soul, that, man. I know, I'm still like <laughs> fired up over this game still because I do, in the end of it, I do believe the better team won. Do you know what, I, like it, it ended up in penalty kicks, I get it, but the better team won. FSU deserved that game, but the confidence in the last shot with the last shooter to do that stutter, the stutter step, she's like, couldn't imagine the amount of pressure you've got the whole crowd dead silent and you know you'd think you'd be shaking in your boot she's like nah man i got this i got this, I got this. Goes shake up, you shimmy shake yeah. tap dances her way up to the ball goes back and i'm like holy moly and then just crushes it the place goes wild yeah, like it was awesome that was yeah. so so good to watch yeah and we could we could talk about that we could talk about that all day but the nwsl like i am i was Putting together, you know, you know, things that have happened this past week and notes, I cannot believe how much has happened in this past week. Not only in the NWSL, hockey is releasing um, showcase dates, uh, WNBA is releasing their schedules, and it, there's just so much to talk about today. It's crazy. But even in the NWSL with the trades that are going on mm-hmm. right now, like it all kind of started with Kaylin Sheridan when she was traded to a San Diego wave, the new team. So Mm -hmm. there's two expansion draft going to be happening between San Diego wave and uh, for angel city. But people, I think kind of got a gut feeling that shit was going to hit the fan when Kaylin Sheridan, like Mm -hmm. one of the best Canadian goalies is being traded away from Gotham. And it's like something wild is going to happen here. And then Ashlyn and Allie pick up and they head to New York City, baby. It's like, this is the amount of trades that are going on in the NWSL right now. It's, it's exciting. It is exciting. exciting. And there's, there's a whole nother layer with the expansion draft that makes it really unique, right? Is because they're finding ways through some of these trades to then protect themselves through the expansion draft. So there's this whole other layer that's happening that makes it really, really unique. And the fact, like you mentioned, that it's all happening here in the next 10 days. Yeah. Like back to back, all of it is, all of it will be kind of decided by the college draft on December 18th. But it's even, and and to kind of go off your point there as well, like teams, the, the when an expansion draft happens, there's the dynamic of who's going to go where, whatever. But in that same token... You, as a coach on a team, there you only get to protect nine, nine players. Yeah, exactly. So when you're thinking, okay, well, I've got 
11 studs. I've got 11 women that I want on this Mm -hmm. and you have to pick nine, Mm -hmm. you know, like there's, well, the level of talent that's not protected. Oh, uh, is totally, totally. And so to go on a little bit more of what Cowie was just saying. So there was parts of deals that could happen with, uh, players when they were moving. So with, with Ashlyn and, uh, Allie taking off and going to Gotham, that gives them full roster protection against the expansion draft. Mm. So nobody from Gotham can be touched now. And the same thing is for Chicago Red Stars, Kansas City Current, North Carolina Courage, and Gotham. So there's four teams that are in the expansion draft that nobody can. I know, which isn't that, you think, I I mean, I compare that to the NHL because that's what we've seen most recently in male sports with expansion drafts. And this is very unique, the way that it's, been positioned with the NWSL. Yeah. It's not something that we see in, in the, in male hockey. Like the, the fact that they can make these deals that, I mean, power to them, but it really adds this layer to the NWSL draft and this expansion draft that's I've never seen before in any other. I don't, I don't have a comparison in my mind to anything else I've watched. I, I completely agree with you. And in the sense too, when you see the breakdown of all the other you know, all the other teams and they have their own individual trades um, or clauses with one another. Like, so the Red Stars, Kansas City, North Carolina, and um, Gotham can't be touched. But then there's these, you know, like full roster protection only from the San Diego Wave or Washington Spirit. So then that allows, you know, the Angel City to be able to still look at Washington. And did you see... um, the unprotected list for Washington. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like the amount of of talent, that is, it's it's outrageous. Well, specifically for Washington, Kelly O'Hara. Yeah, I, what? I, I would be like, um, well, let's go after her. Well, the Olympic, uh, <laughs> Olympic Megan level Rapino. athlete. Megan Rapinoe is not protected. Like, there's yeah. a ton. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Christine Sinclair. It's insane. Yeah. And why, you but know, I want to move like, I don't know. There's a whole nother layer layer of that that we don't know. Because when I looked into Kaylin Sheridan, because I'm like, OK, mm-hmm. that's an Olympic level goalie. How could you even think of of a trade of yep. that caliber? Right. And then uh, it did say in there that she was looking for different professional opportunities that were, you know, it, it, she felt like that would be a really good professional move for her. Yeah, going to San where Diego. she can be so, a backbone player, right? Yeah, exactly. And so that, like, but Angel City getting Christian Press, you know, like Wave getting Alex Morgan. Yeah. Like, <laughs> what are we talking about here? It's going to be a NWSL? completely different season next year. It's going to be completely different. Orlando, like, what does this mean for the Orlando Pride? Because they are. Um, at the end of it, completely unprotected. So they can, they've got their nine players that they've got. So you've got to think that there's a strategy for them in there of like, I don't know if rebuild's the right word, but when you're losing the players that you have, there's no way that you can't be thinking rebuild in that organization yeah. right now. Well, and and then the the this next layer of that, having, you know, the NWSL college draft, like maybe who knows, right? They could have a whole, and I think the rebuild thing, it it probably is in their mind that it it really probably is. Is that we have an opportunity now? We're kind of having our hand forced by having an expansion draft. 
So let's take the opportunity and that that's a that's a super good point because they're separated by two days. Expansion draft on the sixteenth, college draft on December eighteenth, and it's you you know, yeah. If you're this is a good opportunity. Well, essentially the whole bag has been shook. <laughs> There's no yeah. like you can't no other like, way to say that. And then well, and to think of well, Angel City, your your ownership group is uh, Serena Williams, Natalie Portman, and Eva Longoria. Uh, yes, please. Yeah, sign me like, up. Sign me up. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go, Angel City. That is, but- I'd really like to see, see that, though. I think that's a good point where we're starting to see. I think that's going to be a really foundational piece of, of a shift in, in women's sports is having more of that. More women of whatever, you know, whether they're coming in Serena Williams coming out of sports or out of, you know, the entertainment industry, but people that have the ability to get involved to continue to promote and having female leadership, I think is, is outstanding. It's huge. It's it's huge. And we are like, and Naomi Osaka is part owner in the courage as well too, and was out there. And the thing that I've got, like when Naomi was um, in pregame warm-up, pre-game warm-up, pre-match warm-up, tennis, sorry. She was getting into, it was in New York, the U.S. Open. She was wearing, like, WNBA jerseys. She was going to WNBA yeah. games. The amount of respect that I had, like, for her just tripled in that moment because I'm like, she gets it. Yeah, And she, she wants to be a part of the solution. She wants to be a part of it because you think, okay, so how does somebody like Natalie Portman and Eva Longoria even get involved in something like this. Right. And I, from what I've read, Natalie Portman saw the inequality and said no more. Yeah. And I think that that's got to be kind of a, a trend and, and a little bit how we feel too. It's like, absolutely no more. Let's, yep. let's do this. We have to, we have to get out there and we've got to, we got to pave the way ourselves. And so for me, thinking not only of the competitive rosters that they're putting together, cause like the wave getting an incredible goalie, Alex Morgan, back to her home state, and then Angel City, Christian Brass. Like this, they've already, they're already competing. They're already in it. They're already competing. And it's going to be a huge NWSL season. It's going to be fun. I think it's a perfect time for expansion. It's growing like crazy. Where better to have two organizations come up and, San Diego wave angel and you've got the notoriety behind you. Like what a great expansion and uh, it's going to be a great season. The only piece, and this is just the other side of the coin that I'm going to bring out here. The only thing that I thought in the expansion is, is kind of back to what we talked about last episode with um, salary cap and the PHF and NWSL has minimum salaries. They're not great. I think minimum salary is 22000 Now we're expanding. And our minimum salary is 22000 And so it's like, should we be expanding when, when we're at a point where we, we aren't making it financially viable for the teams and players that we already have? I'm, not that there's a right answer there, but it does make you question when you look at it from this development perspective of – back to that, you know, viable option for these athletes to play and, and be paid adding two more teams. I, I, 
it just makes you wonder what the plans are. I, I, I agree. And I love that there's female leadership, but it does, um, make one sit back and say, what's the plans that are happening? Because yes, adding more opportunity, adding more teams with female leadership. Great. But I really hope there's a plan in the behind the scenes of how to continue to move the, the needle on that pay side. Absolutely. Great point. Great point. Because even I was just thinking here when you're talking about, because not only are we expanding in the NWSL, right? But there is still also the option for girls to decide to go to Europe. So it's not even like it's the only option. So now we're expanding. We're making more teams, which you're right. Great. Mm-hmm. We have to keep, we have to keep it moving in, in a, in any direction. Yep. But now, like you think about Christy Mewis is potentially going to Tottenham, yep. right? And it's like, and her sister mm-hmm. is staying in the NWSL. Sam Mewis, you know, just signed with Kansas City. So it's like how women, women when they get to that college level and they're going to go, like it's still not even a lock that they're going to go to the NWSL route, which you don't really see too much in male sports because like in, in hockey, for instance, if you're, you're going to get drafted, you're going to get drafted to the chill. Yeah. That's where you want to be. Yep. Right. Where there's still always these extra options yeah. for women, which make it because you think about it in the same token, we talk about that with the PHF and the PWHPA mm-hmm. in hockey. If they just smack dab together, yeah, you give one option. Yep. Yep. Let's compete for this one option. And they're both they're essentially doing that exact same thing, right? Yeah. But it's like, okay, well, European League and NWSL, they're not going to smack together. But yeah. it's its like, is it better to just have one league for these women to kind of ha- go down or have that option, yeah. right? Yeah, and, and the fact that I think part of their choice is that, and that I don't want to like, you know, beat a dead horse on the money side, but I think that still is a really impactful piece of their decision-making is the comparison, you know, if you look at the salaries that they have in Europe, they're in some cases, their minimums are twice what we see in the NWSL. Yeah. And so unfortunately that has to be a consideration in there and versus it being like in the example of the NHL, it's the best league in the world. That's where you go. And the money you already know you're going to make it because it's there. It's there. And where, you know, we're, we're starting to see this divide in, in women's sports because it's chasing something that allows you to do this for a living. And you don't, and this, it is the same in women's basketball, but it's not because it's almost like women are, I think the minimum salary in the WNB is like 68,000. I fact check me on that. It's in that area though. It'll be in that area, but so you can make it you can make a living wage playing basketball mm-hmm. but then it's like they all know that the the WNBA is where they're at mm-hmm. but then to supplement that income over that time period then they go to Europe yep. over that time and then they come back for multiple reasons right for for training you yep. can't just not train and you cannot play for that long when you're competing yep. at such a high level but like it's it's a known route. And we, we talked about this last time, like young female basketball players, they know where they want to go. That's right. They want to go to the WNBA. Yeah. And then it's kind of known that your path is WNBA. This in is where you off compete. Season. And in the off season, you kick it over to Europe, you know, go see some cool places, play some good ball and come back. Yep. Where that 
that split and that pathway is right away for women in soccer and hockey, like right away. Exactly. So it's like, do we need to maybe streamline that pathway so that we can get more pockets of money, more sponsorship, more notoriety in, in the major season and then go off and ski down yeah, when it's have, in the not off have season them in competing seasons. Right. Like totally. even that would, would be a, a step in the right direction where this is your option from w- whatever months of the year, these, this six months of the year. And then in your off season, you have a, a choice that you can, you know, you can rest or you can go and there's another viable option for you. Because that's that's even another really good point you bring up, like the viewership piece of it. Like mm-hmm. if you're watching the NWSL throughout the season, okay, well, now you have to have two calendars because if you want to watch the, uh, the Premier League mm-hmm. and the NWSL, well, now you have to have both yeah. calendars rocking and you got to make sure where the WNBA is the WNBA season, yeah. right? So you know when they're playing, you know when it's happening. Yeah. So that's that's a... It's an interesting because you it's got to be to the point where we can get it. So first and foremost, everyone's educated, understand, knows where they're going Mm -hmm. and that when they get there, they feel taken care of. Well, yeah, you you need to have a dream to chase. (laughs) Like, yeah, no, totally. When you when you when you break it down like that, that's pretty damn simplistic. Like you think about all the little boys growing up, you, you spend how many hours in an arena? How many of them? have a dream of the NHL. Every every single one of them. They, because there's a place for them to dream. Yeah. That's what we need in women's sports. Everywhere. Yeah. Doesn't matter if it's hockey, basketball, soccer, tennis, golf. I don't care what it is. There needs to be a place for a little girl to dream. Yeah. And like even even expanding the sports a little bit more. I do find that this conversation happens a lot more in team sports. Yeah. Like if you had a little tennis player um, yeah, there's you know, she, it, yep. you know, like same thing with the LPGA, like we're going to mention in a little bit, the Q series is going on right now too, for 45 women to get carded for this upcoming season, which is huge. Right. But those women know what they need to do to get to where yeah. they want to be. Right. And for a lot of these other leagues, that's the biggest disconnect is if you went up to any parent in any like rink gym, whatever the case may be, a lot of them don't know. Where my, my, and I always tell this story because I think it's just fascinating because of, of what I did for a living, but, um, this podcast now it's all about women and I have a son and Harry was drafted to the NFL, the (laughs) NHL before he even left the hospital. They're like, look at the mitts on this guy. You're going to be a linebacker in the NFL. Like, (laughs) look at him. He's going to be in the NHL one day. Stay at home D. Super good point, eh? Oh, and do you think that there's any girls that are hearing, yeah. look at this beauty. She's going to be rocking it in the PWHPA. Like, it's just not as ingrained in our society. And it needs to be talked about more. Yeah. It needs to. Yeah, and I think we've talked about this too. And, and this is a little bit, or, you know, digress or story time, whatever you want to call it. But the fact that they don't even, you know, I, I hope we get to a point in our world where, Little girls look at all, like, I want to be a caddy or I want to be a, a referee or like any, whether you're in the sport or you're in the sport as a, as a support, I want to be an equipment manager in the PWHPA. 
right? Where that's still not part of the conversation either is that maybe you aren't going to be the athlete, but maybe that's what you want to do. You want to be an agent or a scout. There are so many more viable options Mm -hmm. than people would ever even think of. Like with my job, I, I was a skills coach. Yep. That's what I did for a living is I was a skills coach for hockey and nobody would. And I've had this conversation numerous times with people and you're right. Like I bring up caddy all the time because when you're looking at like these women that are out competing in the LPGA, they're all over the world Mm -hmm. competing and their caddy is a 60 year old guy and like nothing against a 60 year old guy. He's clearly killing it and he's unreal at it. But you never, other than Brooke Henderson. Who takes her sister. Who takes her sister along, which I think is just like super cool. Yeah, I like love that too. those experiences you'll never be able to, you know, get again. But it's like though those pathways aren't aren't normalized for girls. Those pathways like aren't aren't talked about enough. And you hope that that comes as we continue down this journey of you know, the, building the infrastructure of women's sports, right? I think, I hope that that continues to come once we have these single viable options across any sport you can think of. We've got female ownership groups. Like, I hope that starts to change. But I think that's, a, you know, and I would challenge everyone listening too, is that to start to have those kind of conversations. I do it with, I don't have kids, but I've got a little niece and it's like, whatever you want to be. And when I say whatever, like, I actually mean whatever. If you look at, a man who's a coach in the NHL and that's your dream job, I hope you chase it. But I hope that you also will have an opportunity to support a women's game that's a viable option, right? Yeah, because we could even get like the, like even the coaching game definitely has increased in uh, female representation over the last, in in all sports, right? right? Like there's women coaching in the NBA and the NFL, like, You've got you've got women a lot more ingrained in culture over the grand scheme of things, mm-hmm. which is which is amazing because even when you look at uh, like the WNBA just came out with two pretty pretty Same huge yeah. announcements. Yeah. You know, Walt Hopkins mutually leaving with the Liberty organization, as well as Sandy Brondello coming to a mutual um, parting ways with the Mercury organization. And to me, those are two very different. Uh, like headlines because Walt was only there for two years. He had an overall record of 14 and 40. Yep. So that's a tough, <laughs> Yeah, he, he had more energy than anybody I've ever seen in my life watching him. I was like half the reason I watched the Liberty games is obviously for Sabrina and Eskew, but Walt, Walt was running. Walt was <laughs> yeah. with the ladies. Yeah. He was, he wanted to be a part of it. Walt was in it. I don't know. Uh, but, but Sandy Brondello, they were in the, they were in the championship this year and she had an opportunity to coach like the best of the, like Diana Taurasi, uh, Brittany Griner, yep. Kia Nurse, even though Kia Nurse was out in the finals, which is super, super shitty. But Skylar Diggett Smith, like all these huge names. And then after end, the end of the season, you're like, okay, they're building this roster and they're going to be definite competitors next year mm-hmm. and contenders for the cup next year. And, she go. Yep. She go. You know, and I think that there's like, when you get to be in an organization for eight years, there's probably a time for a new voice. Yep. Right. But then you compare that to soccer. We watched the BYU FSU game and that 
head coaches that have been there for 27 years and 17 years. And I talk about that a lot with the difference between university and uh, university and professional. And, sports, and professional yeah. yeah. Right. Because like some coaches that I've known are there, they're hitting in like to their 23rd, 24th yeah, season. I know, it's hey? like, okay. That is, tr- that is super true. You make a really good point that there is a, a well, and when you have an ownership structure where there's, um, you know, there, they have to make money. It's a business when you get into pre- professional levels. I think that's the shift, but yeah, there, there's going to be, I mean, there, there's change we've seen in, in the WNBA. We've seen a lot of coaching changes happen in the NWSL. A lot of them that needed to happen <laughs> for a multitude of reasons. Um, but I also, I also think, you know, we're starting to get to a point where there's been enough women's sports around for long enough that I think in the next five years, 10 years, we're going to start to see some of these retiring athletes. I hope want to come back and give back to the game in that kind of a way. And I think that's going to be unique, right? We're just starting to see that threshold of time for players like Carly Lloyd calling it a day. I was just going to say, hint, hint, nudge, nudge, Carly Lloyd. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> Get your ass back. Yeah. Here. yeah. <laughs> there's, um, there's a spot for you somewhere. Yeah. There has to be. Has to be. Yeah. Has to be. So I, I, I agree with you in the sense of, of that too. And I think that there's a, I don't want to say responsibility, but I, but I do in mm-hmm. the sense of when you get to a certain level, your coach or your mentor, whoever it should be, like when girls are getting to the point where they're coming out of college, they should have an advisor. Yeah, I agree. They should have an I advisor that's like, hey, this is what you can do here. These are your options. This is what you have. Like you've worked your whole freaking life yep. to get to this point. And then it's like, well, just figure it out. Stone cold, wipe your hands, yep. done. Figure it out. I think that there should be a responsibility for, you know, and, and I'm sure getting to that point within the NCAA D1, like basketball, volleyball, mm-hmm. all these, where they have to meet with advisors to mm-hmm. be like, hey, well, if you want to go off and follow your college degree and do what you want, great. But there's this, there's yep. this, there's this, right? Yep. You've worked your whole damn life. Like, why not? Why not? Oh yeah. Why and, not? And as a, a competitor, you think about how hard that is to turn off. Like you remember coming, your last university game wraps up and you go and play your first beer league game and you're like, oh my God, <laughs> <laughs> like how do you turn it off? And being able to then channel that competitive nature, the knowledge you have of the sport and put it back into the sport. But I agree with you. There is an entire uh, piece that we need to continue to, to push for in that support system. Yeah. The here, what, where, how. And if you don't, if you don't have it, then you don't, like you've mentioned before, you don't know if you don't know, like you don't know. And if, if you're like, well, this is the end of my time, like that's, that's a hard pill to swallow. And I know that that transition is happening a lot and there's going to be a lot more like notoriety coming out of all these different things. But at the same token, it's still not that easy to find. No, it isn't. You know, it's still not like, let's sit down and, you know, you still have to like make fun. It's not like, hey, you're coming to the end of your career. It's the back half of your final season. Sit down with this person and they'll help you out. Mm -hmm. It's like, no, now you're kind of back into it. Like you're trying to start all over again, figuring it out. You're you're the recruiting class coming out of high school. Where do I go? Yeah. You become your own agent. How do I put my stuff together to get out and go do all this stuff? And I think there's an entire channel of this too, that 
I'm not even suggesting that they all need to coach at an elite level. You got kids, go coach them. But just like continue to be, and I think, you know, I, from anyone I know that's been involved in sports, that's kind of the natural progression. We need some of them to stay elite. Don't get me wrong. We need them to to come back at, at that level. But like, there's so many channels of, and I think that that's where if we can even continue to invest, you know, I, I hockey Canada does a, a, a really decent job of, of that taking players who retire and finding a place for them. And whether that's in, you know, coach mentorship programs, the development of, of athletes from a grassroots level, knowing that we need to start there because the plan is for us to have a place for them to dream. And then investing back as they grow up to show them that there is a place to dream. Yeah, no, absolutely. And getting them coaching certifications and different things. I totally, and I think it should become part of the, just the natural progression of being an athlete, you know, like let's get to the point where everybody like gets their TSN gig when they retire. Like, you know, like it's like as soon as somebody retires, the first thing you do is see them on Sportsnet or TSN because now (laughs) they're an analyst, right? It's like, that was like Abby Wambach writing in her book. Like, you know, like that's just like that natural progression, even though she said she didn't even end up liking it that much. I don't think. No. Yeah. But but it's, but it's a part of the process. It's part of like that certainly has become now. Right. So, And, and that's even interesting to me too. Like I tuned into the, um, PWHPA game yesterday against Hockey Canada's women's team. And I was super disappointed, I'll be honest, because when you tuned in, it was like watching my wife's team on hockey TV. I could hear the stands. There was no commentary. It was just a one-angle view. And I think we're miss- we missed an opportunity there. And I think there's enough athletes that we don't, we don't necessarily need them to be seasoned professional broadcasters, but that's a great place for them to start. That's a great place for them to call in the beauty sports. We'll, <laughs> we'll get on a bus. We'll get there. Yeah. We'll, we'll skedaddle and do some color and some analysts for you because I, I, com- I completely agree. When you're talking about Team Canada centralized players. Yeah. And, well... I don't, I'm not going to go down this road too far, but it's, we're in world juniors month. We're in world juniors month and you've got women's hockey Canada team centralized. That's going to represent our country in the Beijing Olympics playing against the top women in North America mm-hmm. and in the PWHP all-stars in the PWHPA All-Stars, and it is, and it, you're right, it's treated like it's on hockey TV. Like, yeah, I was just really, I, that disappointed me. No, I, I'm with you. I'm with you because it's, you, you just know the talent that's on that ice sheet and it deserves it. Yeah. It and, deserves. And the fact that like you had to go to Hockey Canada's website. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, so. Yeah. So that's when you think, that's when you think back to what we were talking about before Chicken or the egg? What's it going to be? Yeah. It was available. Yeah. It was. Yeah. I got to watch it. I, I got just... to watch it, be a part of it. But in the same token, like I can turn on and find out what the coaches are thinking about for the fifth and sixth D on the World Juniors Championship team all day on TSN. Mm-hmm. And, and then you've got the Battle of the Titans going on for women. Yeah. And 
it's it's kind of through a backdoor way of trying to find it on TV, which obviously we put in the effort to do. How many people will? No, and that's exactly the point, right? It's like, and the storyline of that game too. Like you're watching the centralized Team Canada team and they're playing against players that they called teammates not long ago. The Laura Fortinos, the Bridge Lequettes, like that all-star, the Hallie Krasaniaks, like that all-star roster was full of people who've spent a ton of time in the Hockey Canada world, have been to Olympics and things like that. And we put it on our website with no broadcast. It's just such a missed opportunity. Yeah. Super disappointing. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm with you because right now, and it's, I think you're, I think you're bang on in a lot of different things with that. And we're, we're also right in the middle of hockey season. Yeah. Like this is where people want to watch hockey. They want to. And with the buildup, they all know that in February, they're going to watch those women at the Olympics. You think there's not a place for that on TV or at least streamable with a support cast of broadcasters? Totally. Wild to me. Yeah. No, that's, that's a, that's a great point because they're, they, they did just come out with some huge news. Yeah. I'm going to give you a hint. I'm going to give you a hint. I practice all weekend. <laughs> EA Sports. It's, it's in the game. game. <laughs> that's such a good point, though. You had but, you an know, opportunity. That was, what day was that? Wednesday? That was Wednesday. Wednesday, yeah. Um, that announcement, I mean, which I'm going to be honest here. That is a big announcement for me because I grew up on like NHL 99 yeah. through I have a PlayStation sitting just outside this room yeah. with NHL on it. So you better damn well believe that I will be getting NHL 2022 so that I can play with the women's rosters. Because I think that's been I, the fact that it took to 2022 is frustrating to me. But the fact that we're there, I am so happy about. And you have those players who are in a video game or going to be in a video game playing a game against the PWHPA who in 10 days from now is going to be in their showcase in Toronto with broadcasting. Like, I I just don't understand how we missed that. No, it's, it's like when you say it blank slate like that, where it's like, this is everything that's going on with women's hockey and how, and then it's like, how are people not following and watching? It's like, cause it's freaking hard to. And then when you actually get it up and you get it on the screen and stuff. There's nobody talking about the players. There's no names being mentioned. And that was the one thing I was excited about when they officially announced uh, that they were going to be a part of EA Sports. It's like now the names are just going to be talked about. Household. They're going to be in their house. Mm-hmm. Like when you, when you're playing games and, and I was never a video game person, but I know the amount of people that play video mm-hmm. games. I know it's going to be super positive. Uh, it's like now you have to learn their names. Yeah. Like now now it's part of the game. And it's that, part of the game. Yeah, you and have now to- even doesn't matter if you're a little boy or a little girl, right? Now I think that's to the the culture shift that we're, we're aiming to see is yeah. that a little boy who gets a PlayStation for Christmas and he's six has an opportunity to to wear a Canada jersey in the video game and be on a, a woman's team, supporting that, and then going to grow up as an athlete and probably as a dad, right? So it's and the step of 
probably a 20-year a evolution of these kids seeing yeah. superstar female athletes. In the same yeah. light. Yep. Because that's the that's the key thing. It's like they're in the same spot. Yep. They're in the same spot when they I think it, it like the pitchers were Poulan and Knight. Yeah. Right. Like they're 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 gonna be in the same where you can, you know, pick between all of them. Like it's it's a really cool like you're saying, culture, culture shift. Mm -hmm. Cause like through the video game world, it's going to be a really positive, positive yeah, normalize thing. Normalize the, the female athletes who can do it just as well as the men. Yeah. And then we talk about how, um, December 18th and 19th, they're in Toronto for their showcase, mm -hmm. PWHPA. Yep. And there's not that many players that are in, um, that were a part of this, that are part of the PHF. But the PHF is still going on. They still had massive weekends, as you know, yep. like it's uh, Toronto and um, the Metros were playing against each other this weekend. Minnesota and Buffalo got canceled due to weather. But it's like there's still so much hockey going on. The women are going to be competing on the 18th and the 19th. They're going to be doing all these things leading up to the Beijing Olympics. And that is how we support them. Mm -hmm. And it just, it just, you're right. Complete miss. missed opportunity. Yeah. Complete, miss. complete miss. Complete miss. Strikeout. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what it was. That was a big that strikeout. That was a strikeout. Yeah. So, you know, I, um, I, I feel for, I feel for it because the, like the game was awesome. It was. The game was awesome. Yeah. It was so cool. It was, su it was such a good game. And you got to think these women that are in the centralized aspect of Hockey Canada, mm -hmm. in their mind, they need to be at the top of their game in literally two and a half months. Yeah. Like, well, and I that's think, the best hockey you could probably watch right now. Yeah, and what I really liked about it was the storyline that tells beyond Hockey Canada, Hockey US, any of these international clubs in the IHF, IIHF is that it wasn't a blowout. Mm -hmm. Those were barn burner games, which means the level of the PWHPA is the best athletes in the world. Right? And so the fact that they go out, I know it's an all-star team, but Hockey Canada's, Team Canada is an all-star team. It's yeah. the best we have in this country. And the fact that the all-star team from the PWHPA competed in those games is that's a that's a telling sign of what's to come and back to our last episode too of that push for that single place because it's unfortunate i would have loved to see how some of those phf players right but yep. they they don't have a chance to even be on a stage like that in the way that we have this divide yep in those two leagues yep do, does a, a PWHPA, let's just call it a women's all-star team, beat Team Canada if it's a combination of the two leagues. Like, who knows? Yeah, very, very good point. Who knows? Who knows? And what a, what a, what a storyline that would be. I know. Let's that would be TV. so, what let's get on the, yeah. Idea. That's a, yeah, no, that's crazy because even thinking about, like, you and I were just chatting before this about how much is actually coming up this week in women's sports. Mm -hmm. Like it's insane what's actually coming up as well. And, you know, it'll be interesting to see the, with the, um, 
WNBA draft lottery that's going to be on the 19th. Mm -hmm. It's like that is going to be broadcasted on ESPN between games of women college basketball doubleheader. It's like that's where it should be. Yep. A hundred percent agree with that's you. where it should be. It'll yep. be in between uh, the afternoon games of Baylor, Michigan and Louisville, Connecticut, like four huge programs. Mm-hmm. And that is smart. That is smart. Smack yep. it right in the middle yep. draft lottery. I think it's going to, you know, Indiana, Atlanta, Dallas. Like, I think it's going to be really cool, but that, that shows that they're, they're, they're pooling their resources together mm-hmm. and really trying to figure out what's the best way to keep as much eyes on it. Because not only that, they released their WNBA schedule yep. starting May 6th. Um, and, and once again, are going to be doing the commissioner cup for those women, yeah. which I think is just such a cool idea. What like, I, Yeah. And the fact I I'm glad they're keeping it around. Right. Yeah. I, I, I really like the idea of celebrating that 25th season. But the fact that we're going to keep it around because there was value and entertainment value. There's value for the players and there's entertainment value. Yeah. And and people, it's a talking point. Yep. It's a talking point. Oh, is this a cup game? Yep. Is this commissioner cup game? Because yep. that's what I got into. And then as soon as it was Connecticut and Seattle, then I was super excited to watch to see who was going to come out with the 500K because that's what there's, there's the competition within the competition and then it's just another storyline it's another talking point it's and then it happens right in the middle of the season like bang on so they've scheduled it yeah it's such a great idea and and it's scheduled for july 26th this year so i know seattle's probably going to be well they're obviously money's on the line ladies let's go 500k i know who doesn't want that so i'm going to be excited to to not only see uh you know, where the lottery goes for the WNBA, but also, you know, got our mock drafts going, seeing who's going (laughs) where. Like, uh, Rain Howard, I think from Kentucky, there's no question she's going to go number one overall, but the other ones I'm, I'm kind of excited. I think it's going to be great. So, wow. That was, um, that was a lot. And I think, I think one of the cool things for me is when we're chatting, like this is going on right now. All of this, yeah. all these storylines are going on. And we didn't touch right them now. all, right? Like, we that, didn't even touch the them so all. Yeah. People, you know, Addy and I have lots of conversations around how to continue to um, bring what's happening, like the, the current events to you. And so we're, we're thinking about, you know, what, what should that look like from a website perspective? And, and any ideas, obviously, reach out on, on social to us. But that's the thing is like the NCAA, NCAA uh, women's volleyball. That's happening this week as well. Yeah. Two semifinal games on the 16th, the finals on the 18th, uh, LPGA stuff we've got going on. I looked through the ESPN app and Addie and I were having a little bit of a chuckle, but the amount of sports, like there is right now a handball world championship happening. There is a women's pickleball championship happening. There is so much women's sports out there. And how do we... um, do our jobs to support you all listening in finding and starting to follow along and seeing how many games, how many athletes are out there. Uh, and it's, that's the challenge is it's not easy to find them. Um, but there's a lot happening and you're right. This little rush here before Christmas is super exciting. And it's all spread out. It's all different sports and I love it. And that's such a great point. Um, please make sure if you have anything you'd like to reach out on social. Yeah. Insta. 
you know, Twitter, reach out to us, please. That'd be great. If you don't already follow us on Instagram and Twitter. And if you could please give a little review, a little review. We want to hear from you guys. We want to hear if you're liking it. What would you like to hear more of? Final words, Cowie. I think that was an interesting episode. I I think there's so much to talk about. I hope we did it justice because I think, um, like we've said, it's a busy calendar. So for all you listening, thank you for for coming back for episode three. We're just having a blast here. And uh, yeah, hopefully come back and, and check out episode four next week. Thanks so much, guys. And we will see you next week.